Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Oh, sweet. Well, you guys can be seated. Man, it is amazing to be here. Uh, It always just feels like it was just yesterday. And it it feels like we're visiting on vacation in Toronto and we come home back here in Calgary when we're driving around. We lived here for uh, four years, a little over four years, and it honestly just feels like home. I can't believe it's been nine years that we've been in Toronto now, which is weird. Um, but man, it is amazing to be here. We aren't doing Sundays in person yet as a church. It's been uh, north of 80 Sundays. That uh, Over 15% of our church's existence, we haven't done Sundays yet. We are doing Thursdays. It's only because, uh, you know, we rent from the school board, long story, whatever. But I was just saying to uh, Sean McCauley out in the lobby that, your singing convicted me. It is dynamic, so loud. How loud was it? We, we've, we're doing Thursday nights, every second Thursday night uh, in person, started that. We've done six of them so far in Toronto. And I've just always thought that I couldn't hear everybody singing that was meeting in Toronto because of their masks were muffling uh, their voices or something like that. But now that I know that it can be done... Like any, like I'm going back there and I'm saying the way C3 Calgary sang songs, you guys have no excuses. I mean, you guys can do anything in C3 Calgary. You can open your communion cups. If you can do that, you can do anything. Anyone, anyone found that Jess was struggling for like 10 minutes, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, man, it was easier for Jesus to get out of the tomb than for you to open that cup. <laughs> Oh, it was funny. She's like, oh, I just want to thank Jesus, but I can't get in. I'm like, I'm starting interceding, praying for her. She there, ba 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 you can do it. Anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, no, it is, I have a picture actually of the buildings. These are the, these are the buildings, these two. This red one, we did our prayer meetings in uh, from the day we landed in Toronto for five years. Every Thursday night, we did our corporate prayer and Thursday worship. We never knew that the very building that we were going to buy uh, just in prayer and worship. And, when, and so we announced that uh, in April and then everything hit the fan and it all went wrong. We got like this, there's articles uh, that were written by BlogTO. They said, uh, you know, people are upset. And then the Toronto Star wrote an article against us as well saying uh, a mega church plans to locate their promises to spark an unholy row. We met with the local councillor because we've got to do zoning and she said it's never going to happen. The city don't want churches. It's just not in our planning. And I said, you don't understand the people that are voting for you because the people that are voting for you are, like want churches. And she said, well, let's agree to disagree. And I said, well, I'll yeah, we'll we'll prove it. <laughs> we'll prove it. So we got it. I'm showing you that. Just pray for us. Like, um, it, you know, it really matters. I think if your your singing is much more powerful than the singing in Toronto, so your prayers likely are too. So, 
pray, pray for us, and, and uh, it's just so good to be here. Turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and it really has like an Easter Sunday feel this morning. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that in singing the songs, we're singing about the resurrection. That's what I want to preach about today. We're in the This Is Us series, and I want to preach about what our main thing is. And the cat's already out of the bag. The main thing is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you think of the core thing of what you stand for, what you, what you're, the foundation of theology of your belief, you don't have theology unless you have this. And if you haven't read 1 Corinthians 15 slow, chill, meditatively, and just this is 58 verses of what it is all about. This is a C3 church around the world. A Jesus is out of the tomb church. It is one thing to know Jesus died on the cross, but it's a better thing to know that he doesn't stay there. He's not on the cross anymore. You don't worship an idol. You don't worship a thing that was made out of human Worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's not in the tomb. And that means a lot for your life. That means a lot for our lives. And uh, if you're watching online, I don't know how you've been feeling lately, but I just want to tell you that there is always hope because there is the resurrection. So let's, let's just read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to start actually at the last verse. Verse 58. It says, Therefore, and this is Paul preaching, saying, I just want to remind you what the main thing is. This is it. This is what you stand for. And we need this reminder, if we were to be honest as Christians. We need a reminder of what the main thing is because we can get distracted. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand. Somebody say stand. Online, type in the chat, stand. Stand firm. Stand firm. There's a lot of shakiness, there's a lot of hesitation in our world, in our churches, in the Western church. There's a lot of things that we are standing on, but I want to tell you, nothing that we stand on matters more than standing on this. Stand firm, let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. There's a lot that wants to move you off the main point. You've got to stay on the main point. Let nothing move you always. Somebody say always. always. Say it with an Australian accent. <laughs> Online, always, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And what is the work of the Lord? The resurrection. The work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We give ourselves, we can give ourselves to so many things. And I ask the question, is it worth it what I'm giving myself to all the time? You know, Noah, the other day, you know, I got to teach Noah, my, my son's seven. Uh, he's out in kids right now. And uh, we got to teach him stuff. Dads need to teach their kids stuff, right? I, don't, I can't teach Noah some North American stuff like because I didn't grow up around it. So I didn't grow up around football. I can't teach him how to play hockey. Skating with a stick, with a puck while people are hitting you, that's just too much to think about. That's, like, that's so stressful. I, can't, I can barely skate, let, let alone do it with 
you know, people wanting to kill me. And, and I don't know how to throw a football. It's called a football for a reason. We kick footballs. In, it's a football. It's not a handball. Anyways, I don't know. How to th- I can't teach him that. But the other day in the summer, he asked me, uh, can you teach me how to skateboard? Because he saw that I had a skateboard. Uh, it was actually given to me by Levi Switzer. Some of you know him. Um, and I have a skateboard in the shed. And he said, can you teach me this summer how to skateboard? And I'm like, I can do that. I can do that because I'm really good at it. And, uh, but I had forgotten because I hadn't done it for so long. So we went to this park in the summer and I got the skateboard out and I hadn't used it forever. And honestly, getting on this thing, I'm like, man, I had to say to Jess, like, you, you might become a widow today because, like, I, standing on this thing, I thought I'm going to die. I used to be able to do tricks. Now I could barely... I'm like, the wheels are too small. This thing needs a motor. Like, I did two pushes, and I was exhausted straight away. And I'm like, my bones can't handle this. Like, I, I, had, any, I just had that realization that I, I'm not what I once was. And, and I'm like, this isn't worth it. You know, walking is way better than this. And, and like, sometimes risking, fighting for, paying the price in an area, sometimes you realize I, why, am I, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I spending so much energy, so much money, so much time giving myself to something? And then at the end of everything, we have to ask the question, is it worth it? What matters most? What is the greatest thing that we can use our resource for? Is it temporal? Is it eternal? What should we be reposting on social media about the most? What is the highest thing? What is the main thing? What is the thing that we should be socially, politically arguing the most? The most. The highest thing, our main thing. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm not saying this because I think we're doing it wrong. I'm saying this because let's just remind each other what it's all about. It is all about what 1 Corinthians preaches about, the resurrection. Verse 1, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you the gospel, the thing you sling, the thing you propagate, the gospel I preach to you, which you received and which you have taken your stand, the gospel. And he dedicates 58 verses to it. By this gospel, you are saved. This is the hope for humanity. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. I don't want to count for something that is vanity. I don't want to give to something that is vanity. Now, if you're sitting there as a businessman, businesswoman, mother, father, you know, uh, entrepreneur, whatever, freelancer, whatever you do, I don't want you sitting here thinking what I'm saying and what I'm preaching is to be a pastor or a church planter is the only best vocation to have in life. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is the, meth- the, the reason why we do what we do, your vocation is just as important. I would even beg to differ more important than being a pastor. 
you are out there, being a pastor, sometimes we feel a little bit trapped in just church life and you're out there living life, bearing the witness of Jesus to humanity and you do that as a businesswoman, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, freelancer, student, whatever you are. Your vocation is the pinnacle of God's calling in your life. As long as you're obeying what God wants you to do, you got to do it understanding that the resurrection is the reason why you do what you do. It's not to make profit. It's not to even raise kids. You're raising kids in the resurrection because you know they are little propagators of bringing death to life. You know they are raising up understanding that as long as they have breath in their lungs, as long as they have sight in their eyes, as long as they're hungry for the things of God, as a parent, you're raising them up to understand that greater is He that's in them than He that's in the world. To have this message, they are bearing witness and light to humanity. It is our main thing. You have clients... Not so that you can generate income. You have clients so that you can see more people taken from the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of light. That is why you are a Christian. I'm a Christian. This is our why. That is number point one. Life through resurrection is our why. Simon Sinek says we've got to start with why. Why is the most important thing? You might have a mission statement on your wall. You might have some great quotes on the back of your bathroom door. It is all good. But at the foundation of it all, our why is death to life. There is only one people group. There is only one tribe. There is only one citizenship that carries the message that that has this. There is nothing in the Indigo self-help section that propagates this message. The Bible's central core message is that Jesus is not dead. And because death is conquered, you have your purpose. Now you might say, okay, well, like I am a freelancer, I'm a student, and I'm studying to be an engineer. You are an engineer, but your vo- the vocation under the vocation is that you are a witness to the image of Jesus so that as by being an engineer, in different ways and shapes and forms, you can see people go from death to life. There is nothing else. There isn't anything else. And I just need this reminder, don't you? I'm like, man, I can get so distracted. I can get so distracted. We, got, we have been distracted through this time. It says in verse 3, For what I received, not what I made up, not what I formed out of my own poorly existence, human hands, whatever, what I received, you can't give anything that you haven't received, and the greatest thing that you've received is your salvation in Jesus Christ. It is a transference of impartation that happens. You can't give what you haven't received. Paul couldn't give what he hadn't received, but when he had his life-transforming moment, he received it, therefore he births it, he gives it, he passes it on. It's the reason this church exists. I don't have any other points. This is the main point. You're going to get so bored with this message by the end because that's it. That's all we sung about this morning. It's all we're talking about today. It's the main thing. You got a, it's a real big one-point message today. Okay, for I received, I passed on to you. Corinthian church, this is what it's about. 
And then he spells it out, that Christ died. It's a threefold thing. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. Verse 4, that he was buried. Why is that important? You know, why, didn't it, why isn't it just two? Christ died and then he rose. What's, why, why do we need to actually say that he was buried? Because it's like unbelievable when everybody saw that tomb shut. It needs to be impossible. He needed to be really dead. Like in John 11, Lazarus, he waited where he was three more days. It's just because I just want to take out all the doubt in the room that Lazarus was actually dead. He wasn't inside that little tomb sipping a latte just waiting for Jesus to come and smoke in mirrors. No, no, no. Christianity is an impossible thing. Your salvation for eternity is impossible. If you're listening online and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart and to know that you have security for your place in eternity, that is what our message is. And it is an impossible thing. The fact that you pray prayers in your native tongue and those words travel up to heaven and they're heard and answered, that's impossible. The fact that we believe in what we carry through a pandemic, you wouldn't have what you have and the believing out of the impossible if it wasn't for this main thing. So the buried part is super important to know that Jesus actually, he, you know, he was dead. There needed to be people that needed, that, that doubted on the other side of this so that we could actually land how impossible this really was. That's why I asked you to read this chapter and read it slow. Because I think, you know, some, for some of us that grew up in church, we can just think this is basic. And it's really the foundation of everything. And when you actually slow it down, it's really mind-blowing. It's so ludicrous. So he died. He was buried. But hang on, it doesn't stop there. And it says that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. And then he goes into like prove it. And he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter. Then he appeared to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 in one moment. And one of the prerequisites of the New Testament canon was making sure the, 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 the books of the New Testament didn't get to be in the New Testament unless one of the categories is they had to be an eyewitness of Jesus', Jesus resurrected form. It was one of, it's the central main thing and, and that Paul had to convince them over and over again because from that day, we have been in the last days. From that day, Paul had to say, like, no, it is true. If you can prove the resurrection wrong, that it wasn't actual history, that there wasn't actually a homie called Jesus walking around in a place that actually went into a tomb, that actually walked out of that tomb or flew or whatever. I don't know. It'd be cool. No one... And so, to, sit, to, to know that if we can prove that wrong, we have nothing. We have zero. There isn't like a second thing that we can hold on to that's pretty close to the main thing. It would be, it would be like if all of a sudden we just flipped the big switch and turned gravity off. It is it. I know it's so, this preach, I'm sorry, it's so boring. It's like one thing. But I think we just, we need to marinate in this thing because I believe that if we get it, if we get it, if we get it, the remind, you'll wake up tomorrow different. 
You'll see things, you'll read the news differently. Amen. The pandemic's been crazy. Do you know puzzle purchases have tripled? In the pandemic. We give ourselves to a lot of different things. Do you know the sales of yeast quadrupled in 2020? We, I remember you sent me to the store to pick up yeast so we could bake bread. Everyone just turned to baking bread. I don't know. No one baked bread before the pandemic. Now everyone knows how to bake bread. I'm not saying these things are bad. I'm just saying that we can give ourselves to a lot of things. And these things matter, but do they really matter? And there's nothing wrong with learning how to bake bread. Pajama sales skyrocketed at 143%. Isn't it interesting that when the world got shaken and things, we didn't default to a resurrection spirit more than a conqueror's spirit. We default default to kind of stepping back. Pants sales, like just dress pants, went down. That that just tells you everyone did Zoom calls with pajama pants on. Kids' screen time doubled. 13.5 hours per day, the average person looked at screens, entertainment doubled, you know, you can guess how it all worked out, and worker burnout nearly doubled. Everyone thought in the pandemic, man, this is going to be great, I'm going to finally get the rest I need. There is no hope in anything else but the resurrection. I had, you know, this is our reason why, this is it. And it says in here, it says, let's not, bad company corrupts good character, and the bad company's like, hey, let's eat, drink, for tomorrow we'll die. And this was the Israelites walking through the wilderness going, you know what, what else, let's just have a party. It's not worth it. If you don't know what you're fighting for, you won't give your tithe. You won't sacrifice big for more buildings like this across Calgary, for more campuses to be planted. Because we lose any sense of fight, worth, purpose, motivation if our vision is a long for eternity and it's not grounded in the resurrection. Our vision needs to be eternal, long. We're here for for butter, breath, then boom. Why do we matter? Why do we count? What is our meaning in life? What is it all about? You will not have that skip in your step if you don't know that people are propagating a message that perishes. We're talking to Chris and Julie yesterday, Chris and Julie Thomas from uh, C3 Church in BC, and we were having coffee with them and they were telling us this tragic story and I asked them if I could use it in the preach today because I thought it just paints the point so, so well. Why? That there was a 38-year-old dad uh, that was riding a bicycle, got hit by a truck and unfortunately was killed and had three ki- has three kids, a three-year-old, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old and, and a beautiful wife, family left, just boom, like that. And I'm not telling you this story to depress you. I'm telling this story to motivate you as to like what else is going on and what other message is being propagated across our nation. So in trying to console the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old goes to school, public school, and the teacher said, uh, you know, I just need to set some things straight because I feel like I owe this to you. In this moment of tragedy is that you've been taught that there is a heaven, but I want to tell you it's a fairy tale. And tells the nine-year-old, in her grief and distress of this moment, says to her that the only thing that you base your hope on is fake. So thank God for godly mums. What does she do? What does any good mum do? I'm taking my kid out of that school. (laughs) 
took, takes a kid out of that school, takes the kids out of that school, puts them in a Christian school. If we don't have the resurrection, we have nothing. Nothing. Zero. She comes home from school, tears. You can imagine. Have I been told a lie? Is it all false? And Paul's like, he appeared to 500 at one time. Why? Because you need to know it's just not me slinging this thing. You need to know that there is a Pastor Lawn in Calgary and a Pastor Kelly in Calgary and they've been slinging this thing for years. You need to know that there is a, that there is a people here, that there is a church here that have a message, that have, they have a reason why that is deeper than the vaccination is going to save us. What is the main thing? There is no other saviour. There is no other hope. I'm passionate about this because we got nothing else. Our churches can stand for social justice, good preaching, making good friends and establishing community. But those aren't my reasons why. They are good things and good churches have those good things. But I'm so sick and tired of being pushed around as a lead pastor to be a social justice movement. I know that there is morality issues in humanity. I know that there are social justice problems in humanity, but I know I've got nothing. If I feed you bread, but I don't feed you the living bread, I give you nothing, nothing. I'm, my spirit's fired up and I'm, and I'm yelling, not because I'm mad at us. I'm mad at Satan. I'm mad at the enemy, the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I would say through a pandemic, distract. The enemy has confused us to a point of disillusionment to get us to stand for many things that are not the main thing. Amen. I like you guys. You're so vocal. I'm telling on you to, to, to Toronto. Okay, I'll, I'll do this point quickly. Because of the resurrection, there is nothing to fear. How does a guy in Afghanistan, a girl in Afghanistan, a martyr, on their knees, and I'll sanitize this for the sake of younger people in the room, but facing a transition forced upon their will, how do they do it with a smile on their face? Because death is simply a doorway. Better to, you know, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. How, how do we face all the problems and the fears and the stresses that, I mean, the world, is the world ending? Yeah, it's been ending for 2,020 years. Since Jesus rose again, we've been in the light. I look at volcanoes erupting in Spain, and I'm like, is the world ending? Yeah, it's ending. I look at government decision-making, and I'm like, is the world ending? Yeah, it's ending. It has been for a very long time. You know, should we be a orange nation, a blue nation, a red nation, a purple nation, a green nation? We all just voted. It's not the main thing. Our churches need to be purple, orange, green, blue, and red. Because everyone in every one of those parties needs the main thing. 
Every single person in every one of those parties needs Jesus. Without it, we got nothing. But with it, death is just a doorway. It, it, it says in verse 55, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, He gives victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we look at all these things, the day-to-day stresses, and when we understand that we have the resurrection, we understand, well, there is no fear. I don't need to turn on the news in the morning and think my life is getting worse. I need to turn the news on in the morning and think, man, I need to get better motivated so that other people have what I already have. It's already in me. It's already something I've received. The question isn't whether I have life. The question is, who doesn't? Who doesn't have what has been imparted to me? And I know that we're hard-pressed on every side. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 9. I'm not trying to minimize the things that you face. Mental health is crazy. And many of us in this room, all of us, wake up in different moments of the day and, and we're pressed. It's, it's annoying. The pandemic is super annoying, to say it lightly. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because we have the resurrection. But check out how this ends in verse 12. And I'll get the keys up. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. What does this mean? You and I take on the death of Jesus, like Paul, So you and I, we essentially are willing to be martyrs for the cause. Take up your cross and follow me. What does this mean? It means you don't care how much time you have to give for this main thing. Burnout's just not an issue for you. You're not a balanced person. The message of balance coming into Western Christendom is a Babylonian message to get Christians to sit on their comfortable behinds and not propagate a message that's death to life. If we're only here for 80 to 100 years, we might as well make it matter. So does it matter how hard life gets for us? The answer to the question is kind of not really. It doesn't. Death's at work in me. I'll make death work in my pocketbook. I'll sacrifice financially as much as I possibly can to the point that it hurts in order to propagate this message that's the main thing. I know you're the same. What if you gave that much money and it hurt for the sake of the gospel? Doesn't matter to you. Doesn't matter to me. Why? Because if you died tomorrow, you'd transition to heaven, you wouldn't take any of it anyway. So we might as well use it for some eternal purposes while we're hanging about here. Death's at work in me. You know, they're asking me to come and volunteer and be on the worship team on this night or whatever. And if I give up that night, yeah, like I know my friends aren't giving up that night, but I don't know what they're putting their hope in. But I I hope that I can resource something that is proper. Paul lived his life understanding it's only a matter of time and, I got, and I'm gone. So I might as well just wreck this thing in order to 
bring life to every individual that I come across. Paul ran his race like crazy hard. And the way that you parent, and the way that you run your business, and the way that you live your life, you do it with the resurrection. And the last point is that hope only exists because of the resurrection. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says that in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection. We don't have living hope because of our retirement plan. We don't have living hope because of our savings accounts. We don't have living hope because of how many friends we're relationally connected to and how many people make us feel okay about how to get through whatever we're getting through. We have living hope because Jesus died, He was buried, and He rose. And for the majority of the people in this room, you got it. You already have it. So if you lost everything tomorrow, you do what James 1 says and face it with joy. You don't care. I don't care. If this building didn't work out, whatever. God's just going to do something else. Death is never the end when you're a Christian. There is no such thing. Death doesn't exist. It's just simply a transition. Isn't that good? That's good news for someone with cancer. That's good news for someone like you. Because our world needs this message. This is our main thing. This is us. This is, the, this is our series. And this is it. What else do we have? And you and I have hope because Jesus rose. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now that if you've never received this message, whether you're watching online or you're someone in this room, if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're like, you know what? I've gotten distracted trying to find hope in a lot of things. The pandemic's been difficult. Things are crashing and I, I don't know. My soul is in need and I don't know how to find the answer. But well, I've got some good news for you today. C3 Calgary has always carried this message of good news is that your hope is found in Jesus. And when you invite Him into your heart and you have a relationship with Him, that it doesn't matter what the circumstances of your life look like, death is never the end. It's the main thing. So if you're in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, or you're someone that's watching online and you've never made a decision to have Jesus, the resurrection, the life, as your Lord and Savior, I want to include you in a simple prayer. And it's a prayer that asks for forgiveness, that invites Him into your heart and makes your life right. It's a prayer of faith. Or maybe you've once made a decision like this before, but for any number of reasons which really don't matter, you've walked away from God and you know today's the day that you want to recommit your life to Jesus. You're like, man, I started living for a lot of other things and I know that I need to rededicate my life. If that's you in the room with every head bowed and every eye closed, respecting each other's privacy, if that's you and you're like, man, I need to recommit my life. I got to live for the main thing. 
I need to re-give my life to Jesus. This matters. Or maybe you're watching online. And if you're watching online, you need to be in touch with the church. You need to reach out and say, hey, this was me. I made this decision. Or you can text the number that's coming up for you. And this church will be in touch. So if that's you here today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you've never made a decision like this, or you know today's the day you need to recommit and make this decision permanent. If that's you in the room or online, can you just raise your hand? Nobody looking around. Is there anybody here? Thank you, thank you. Is there anybody else? A couple of people lifted. Thank you. Three people. You can put your hand straight down. Four. I see that. It's good. The reason I'm counting is to just let you know that you're not alone. You never need to be alone when you're in the family of believers. Is there anybody else? Four people lifted up their hands. And I don't know your specific story, but I know Jesus does. And He's speaking to your heart right now. And that's all that matters. If there's anybody online, please indicate to us. Reach out. You might just say right now, and quieten down your home, whatever's going on. You need to pray this prayer. Just repeat after me. Let's do this as a, as a community. Maybe everyone can stand to their feet just in faith. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you. Come on, let's pray with a little bit more faith. I thank you. That's better. That you died on a cross for me and you rose again. And I thank you that I will follow you as my Saviour and my Lord. And I thank you for resurrection life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, praise God. How good is that? Amen. Hey, uh, I believe that the enemy has had a strategy through the pandemic to distract us off the main thing. I really believe that. And if you're feeling, man, if I was to confess right now, I'm not going to ask you to, but you felt a little distracted off the main thing, I just want to pray with you. So in your heart of hearts right now, just pray with me. Let's just pray that we can shut down the enemy's plans and we can, and we can be who we need to be as witnesses to the resurrection life found in Jesus. That is your role. That is your goal. Amen. So Father God, I just thank you so much that I'm standing amongst my brothers and sisters right now and life gets hard, life gets challenging. And Father, I know that the enemy has been trying to distract Christians, been trying to distract people onto other things to make them the main thing that really are vanity. So Lord God, I pray uh, and we confess and we repent, Lord God, of how we've been distracted. And we say, Lord, use us. Lord, send us. Let death be at work in us so that life can be at work in the people that don't know you across Calgary, across Alberta, across this great nation. Lord God, let us be witnesses to the life and light found in Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that I am partnering with every person in this room to propagate the greatest message known to humanity. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Tim. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.